Did Will Smith really smack Chris Rock in the face? Hi guys, welcome back to our podcast, Filtered. We are so excited to have you on today. I'm Celine. I'm Sharon. I'm Benita. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Hannah. And today we are doing our last episode of the Breaking the Mold series. Our last episode was a brief intermission in our series, but we're back on it with our last episode. And today we have a special guest with us, Joel Abraham. Thank you all for the invite. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be in front of you all. It's an honor to have you on. What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So Joel works in production technology. He's been involved with media production at events like the World Cup, Olympics, presidential inauguration, and several award shots, as well as the Met Gala. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> no biggie. Can you explain a little bit to us of what production technology is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, in my world, uh, I work with the company called Getting Images. So with what I do... Primarily is pretty much set up the infrastructure, network infrastructure, server infrastructure, so that our photographers and videographer, videographers can transmit their content on site to our editors um, that is either on site, remote, uh, or wherever. And we can get those content in and get to our um, editors and to our customers really quickly. So from the beginning, it's like, it's a lot of process mm-hmm. from meetings to walkthroughs to um, a lot of hotels and a lot of traveling. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun from, from when I first began in technology and production. Did you always see yourself here? I kind of did. Um, I think growing up, I always wanted to be in the broadcast and the production technology world. I don't know what kid at the age of eight or nine years old would ever want to work in a techno- in the production world or the broadcast <laughs> world. Like growing up, um, I never wanted to be an athlete. I never wanted to be a musician. I never wanted to do any of that. I wanted to be the person that actually produces these events. Uh, that works on these events even when I was a kid like I remember seeing my first Olympics or World Cup and I remember I want to work there instead of playing at the Olympics or playing at the World Cup Uh, I don't know why that was just (laughs) always my dream Um, but yeah I mean I get to do that every day now Um, it's a dream come true but sometimes it's it's a pain it's it's a huge pain too it's a blessing in disguise I feel like when I was a kid I didn't even think about working events. I was like, I want to be that person, the main yeah. person. How did you like have that mindset? Okay, I want to be behind the scenes producing this. Like, were you exposed yeah. to that in some way? Not at all. I think growing up, it's just more like, um, I think there's so much in productions. There's so much in technology. Just seeing behind the scenes, it's there's an art to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, producing even like this podcast there's an art to it in how you guys research topics and how everything is produced I think we forget how all these things come together mm-hmm. you know how a building comes together how a production comes together how an event comes together just so many steps in that process we all tend to just take it as we see fit or we see it on tv or as we see it on with our own eyes. Um, But being able to just get yourself in that mess of getting yourself messy, you know, learning about other stuff that you're not um, and getting uncomfortable. And um, I think, I think it's it's just a process. It's a process that you learn and it's a process that you have to deal with process that you just have to kind of get around and getting to know. Um, it's hard as a kid, especially like directing your life, being like, hey, I want to go into broadcast. I want to go into production. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I even knew what broadcast and production was. Yeah, It's actually crazy because I remember when you were younger, you would do like the whole family photo shoots and like you would do the photo shoot thing. Like you can tell you were passionate about that. 
And to see that you actually like went into a career that is associated with that. So it's actually really cool that you turned your dream into something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes a long way for everybody. I think for me, it was an easy at first. Um, Even starting out, uh, I think going into photography, especially when DSLR cameras came out and became really affordable in the end of 2000s. I remember when I first got my uh, DSLR, um, this is when, this is around 2007, 2008, Mm -hmm. started playing out with that. um, And then the whole market of YouTube, social media, everything just started skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea where any of these markets were going to go. So there's so much creativity out there at that time. And even now, it is ridiculous to the amount of creativity that is out there with people and with just regular content creators, right? So seeing that age of, you know, people just getting a simple camera, and being able to grow into their passion or going with that passion and seeing where we end up. I mean, I always wanted to become, uh, produce cinemas. That was my dream. And that is still my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, maybe not produce cinemas, maybe just direct cinemas. Or oh just my shoot God. Wow. I cannot write movies. I cannot <laughs> write stories from my life. I am terrible <laughs> at storytelling. Uh, that's why... I, um, it is, it's just a passion that you just kind of have to deal with, like you just have to go through and you have to explore your passion that you had as a kid, you know, even if it's like, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's, it's so easy to say, but it's really hard to do, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can make a career out of anything, I feel like, mm-hmm. especially now. What were some steps that you took to like pursue your passion? and get into that production side? I don't think um, what I'm doing right now actually was never um, expected. I never expected to turn out this way at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I started off in IT. I started off studying computer science. I started off just going through the motions of, okay, I got to go to school. I got to go to work, you know, just get a job and just keep working. But I totally forgot that I love events. So when I joined um, my second professional company with Getty, um, I started to, you know, just work, you know, go through the motions of just going to work, going to school, doing all that. Um, but then I had really good coworkers around me. Um, so one thing that I had to learn um, really, uh, because it was really difficult for me, I'm much of an introvert. I am not an extrovert at all. Um, and I had to learn how to be an extrovert. I had to learn how to network. So mm-hmm. a lot of my coworkers uh, enabled me to network and to accept me to be like, all right, come out, you know, enjoy, hang out. Let's do some activities. So from that, it kind of grew into, all right, um, these are the steps in order to grow into a role that you really want or in order to get somewhere in life. Um, it's not just working and getting a degree and getting all the money that you can um, just mm-hmm. to make yourself happy in just your personal life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was more for me that I just wanted to go into events and I knew people in my network in that area I wanted to talk to. I need to get in face, need to have FaceTime with. Um, so I got that. And that's where it all just completely exploded where started getting in, uh, hanging out with the right people. I uh, just started talking to them about um, all these different things, started even sacrificing my own time um, just to learn about these events, learning about technology in those world um, that I had no clue about and started learning it. And from our, from my background, you guys know, um, from the church, like we used to produce a lot of videos. We used to produce a lot of um, you know, used to hook up a lot of technology cameras, all these things, video mm-hmm. switchers. So that all kind of played a role as well, where I was just able to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of directed me in that step in networking. And I think that was the biggest um, thing I didn't know you had to have. You mm-hmm. know, I thought it was a degree. I thought it was going yeah. to school, but it's about networking. 
I love that you mentioned that because I feel like a lot of times we get kind of lost in um that oh I have to go to school and then I have to go to my job which is what I studied at like you know like you have you think it's like a straight line and then you kind of forget that it's about building a community it's about um like talking to people and kind of formulating your own um thoughts and opinions and that's how you get to a place that like you have you're, you're passionate about because I feel like you don't even know what you're passionate about until you start talking with people. Like you don't even know what's out there, like what kind of jobs like are waiting for you unless you talk to different types of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like we always forget to do that. I'm an introvert too. And I hate talking Mm -hmm. to people. It's so scary to me, but I feel like that, like that's what's limiting me from reaching whatever potential I have. Yeah. And you have to get, I think one thing that I've always told um, people and my coworkers and people that I've talked to in the past um, is I loved, I learned how to be uncomfortable mm. and I want to be uncomfortable in situations. And that's when you learn a lot about yourself and about others, about the skills that you can actually gain. So being comfortable in your own skin um, in certain situations, in certain environments, um it's not you know it's not the best route for Mm -hmm. a long-term growth you know so if you want um a stable growth totally go for it you know you can do um you can go your own route you can go at your own pace but if you want a radical growth for yourself um for the long term Mm -hmm. definitely get out of your comfort zone you know talk to those people it's not it's not going to be easy it's not going to be always perfect all the time. Trust me, I've messed up so many times uh, in talking to people or even introducing myself or even just being upfront. And it's okay. It's okay to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be perfect. But it's just that one little effort that you do put forth in front of people. It's just like, all right, this person is always present. This mm-hmm. old person always loves to be uncomfortable. They will recognize, mm-hmm. start recognizing that. Um, more than you messing up. Yeah, that's right. And I know um, you said that you creating community and talking to people is kind of how you got your foot into the door of Getty, right? Right. So can you talk about some of the challenges you have faced um, being someone of color and not having other people who are similar to you um, to turn to for advice? Or even did you even go through that? I'm just assuming. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think growing up, um, especially coming to this country after right after 9-11, it was very difficult. Um, I think we all experienced some way, shape or form of, you know, racism in all of our lives, right? No matter what color you are, no matter what culture you're from, religion, a language that you speak, we all have faced some type of um, pressure from society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after that, I just never... I never looked at myself as a person of, I never looked at my color. Mm -hmm. I never looked at my color to be an obstacle for me Um, because at the end of the day, um, yes, gender kind of plays a role, of course. I 100% admit that. Um, But however, I tend to ignore all those pressures and just say, hey, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to get and this is what I want to achieve. So I just look at the dreams that, I've built up since I was a kid and I just look into that. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in just, you can make your dreams come true if you really believe in it. Um, I know it sounds so simple, but just whatever you have as a kid, just look into those things. You know, mm-hmm. even if you wanted to be around, like one of my biggest passions was being around uh, cars, um, being around traveling. Um, I've always wanted to be on a plane um all those things and now I hate being on a plane I <laughs> flights. I'm constantly on flights I hate it so yeah I was gonna ask like you travel a lot for all of these events right, right. Is, do you find it that it's draining or like do you feel like sometimes you can get burnt out oh absolutely um it is 
it is really draining at times um, when you're traveling and doing assignments for two to three months, uh, doing short-term stays in different countries, different cities, um, you know, taking on different cultures, learning different cultures, different languages. It can be really difficult. Um, so it kind of, uh, and you don't have, like, for instance, like, I just don't have the same uh, relationships with my friends or families that I had before when I was just here uh, back in New York. You know, it's very difficult just to maintain those relationships or to start a lifestyle that you really want when you're constantly on the road. But I think it's also a really huge gift for me to um, travel and being, um, you know, there are challenges along the way, of course, just, you know, packing up your suitcase every mm -hmm. week you know, washing your clothes every week um, <laughs> or or being in your smelly clothes for a week or two, um, you know, it's terrible. Um, not being in the best hotel or not having the best food, eating at like 12 a.m., 1 a.m., it's terrible. <laughs> but these are the journeys that kind of make you uh, tougher and you mm -hmm. learn to learn about new cultures, new languages, new places that you never dreamt of. And um, that's where it kind of, I can kind of segue into that uh, previous question of, um, you know, what kind of, um, you know, why haven't I faced those pressures or why haven't I seen that pressure in my life? It's just because, you know, you have to look into what you really want to achieve. Um, if you want to achieve greatness, if you want to achieve uh, your dreams, uh, you can look at the pressures of your own life. You know, I have so many limitations in my life when I was growing up, but I never looked into those limiting factors. Um, you know, growing up, I remember when I was going to college, I was working, I was working all throughout high school. I was working all throughout my college career. I never had a college lifestyle, never was able to go out during college. Um, even at Getty, I was still going to college at the same time. And it was really difficult because I used to work in the city and used to take the train. Uh, back to Suffolk County to go to school uh, late at night. Oh, wow. Used to come back home at like 12 a.m., 1 a.m., do the same thing uh, at 6 a.m., go back to work. Oh my God. Um, you know, like five to six days a week. And it used to be really difficult, but you you just have to stop looking at, you know, your limiting factors and your pressures and kind of have to look at what you really want. Um, because it's so easy to get so fed up and so complain about your pressures, complain about, our limiting factors, finances, um, whatever it is, you know, of course there are definitely, you know, limiting factors. If it's with health, if it's with uh, certain limitations, um, mm -hmm. it can be troublesome, but that's part of our journey. You know, that's part of our life. So basically everyone suck it up and <laughs> do what you gotta do. <laughs> exactly do what you gotta do no, for real, right now i'm like dang i really do be complaining a lot because we all complain like so much but at the end of the day i'm like well i'm it's not like i'm in something i don't want to do like i'm so blessed and i'm and i'm per pursuing nursing and all this stuff but i'm serious I'm like i'm complaining about everything but at the end of the day i'm like i'm gonna be a nurse so yeah. i'm like why am i complaining gosh i feel convicted <laughs> And also from these past couple of episodes that we've had and the people we've had, this is like a common factor. We mentioned it before. Everyone that we've had on has chosen something that they were passionate on and something that, you know, they were pursuing while growing up. And the only thing that they had to do was step out of their comfort zone and mm -hmm. actually choose to do this. And because there are careers that are not, you know, as popular as some other ones, they did have these limiting factors and they had all these different complications and everything, but they were genuinely passionate about it and they just kept going, kept pushing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like it's not, when I got this job offer initially, I was very doubtful of mm -hmm. what I really wanted in life at the time, because I probably got that Vince job around 24 or 25. And mm -hmm. since COVID, I mean, years just gone by so quickly. Um, yeah. So even before I was doing events as well, before I got into the events role, I was scared. I was honestly scared to say, um, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to be um, to take care of my family or take care of what I need to do. Or if 
this is going to be, you know, being an introvert and like, would I be able to achieve uh, the things that my team is currently doing right now? Mm -hmm. um, am I up for it? Am I up for these challenges? And you, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta jump. You just yeah. gotta take that leap of faith and know that this is for you. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not just being able to learn and you will get something out of it. So like your industry, right? Would you say that like everyone is like supportive or very much like cutthroat, like mm. everyone's fighting, not fighting, but like fighting to get to the top. Like, you know how like sometimes there's industries where you have to like watch your back or like be careful who you're trusting. Like, is it kind of like that as well? Or is it more like everyone's supportive and everyone's trying to like do what's best for Help each other? Yeah. I think uh, in our industry, it is a little bit different. I mean, we one thing that I did not know in my industry was um, I did not know how small it was. The mm. biggest events in the world that happens that we see on a day-to-day -day basis on TV, from concerts to all these big events, it's actually run by a very small group of people from coast to coast. Uh, so this week is Oscars week. So I'm flying out tomorrow for a to LA. No biggie, wow. just Oscar. <laughs> That's crazy. So, I'll be watching it looking for you. <laughs> so, Seeing people at like the same production people, the same camera people, the same audio uh, from every aspect um, of the events people, they're the same group of people that are going to be doing um, the other big event, the big concert, mm -hmm. the big, you know, the Billy Joel concert, the Sam Smith concerts, to Beyonce concerts, to Olympics, to Super Bowls, um, to yeah, everything that you can think of. So we actually get a lot of FaceTime with the same group of people. Mm -hmm. so we all tend to work together so and we all tend to be friends with each other and build that community um so if somebody's in trouble i remember giving rides to people that i don't even know but i know that they worked at this event so i'm just like hey we met before and we just have i just put them in my car and i know <laughs> that the place and that's then, some trust Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it can be cutthroat at times, but it really depends on what kind of community and what kind of group mm -hmm. of people that you want to have around you. If you want to have those types of people, you can attract those types of people. But if you want a reliable group of people, uh, you have to put in the work to build that community. Mm -hmm. And it, it can be very difficult at times because people do move around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it's up. It's really up to you. For these events, do you get to like pick which ones you go to, or they're just like, no, this event is happening. You're you're the one selected to go. Uh, certain times, like um, we're a little bit more free in our team and in our organization. Uh, we get to choose what we want to go to. Um, there are a couple of events that I kind of am in charge of that I just have, like um. Like New York Fashion Week is my event. Um, Met Gala is my event. Like there are certain events like uh, Final Four, March Madness. It's like my event. Um, That's crazy. Country, like country music is my events. That is, so, wow. I never know, I don't know a thing about country music before I got into this role. And I love country music now. No way. Oh. They turned you. Oh, I love country. <laughs> Come back so. to New York, your roots. <laughs> It's great though. It's so good to have those experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I get to choose my own events and uh, some events like we can't choose um, some events that you're assigned to and that you're kind of have to go to, you know, for a long term for two months, three months out of the year. So do you see yourself staying in this industry long term or like, you know what, that is one of the questions that I've been asking, um, to myself for the past two years. Um, the past two and a half years has been very difficult for me with travel. Mm -hmm. um, only because of um, we had uh, major events happening back to back, especially with yeah. the Olympics. Um, so doing back to back major events is very difficult. And last year was one of the most um, difficult year for me with travel and not just being not being home and not having a good healthy lifestyle either so when i think about all those experiences uh, um is it difficult and do i want to stay in it it's questionable 
but do I love the experiences and do I love, you know, going and seeing these concerts, seeing these events, seeing these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these are, I'm not trying to, to be boastful about it for a quick second. It's just like, yeah. Do I want to go to the most biggest events in the world? <laughs> Heck yeah. Why not? You know, do I want to work it? Yeah. It really depends. <laughs> Sometimes do I like to just want to be in Sandy at an event? Yeah. Do you do. get the same perks? Uh, certain times. I mean, we do have flexibility in, um, you know, mingling with talent and all these things. One of the coolest experiences is that. It's just being able to be in front of talent, be in front mm-hmm. of people that you see on TV or, you know, you listen to or that you grew up with listening to or seeing on magazines um, and seeing them in person, 100%. It is definitely a big, um, you know, moment. But after you get used to it, you're just kind of like, all right, they're just doing their job. Just like you are. (laughs) So I don't have a starstruck moment. Maybe like the first time when I see, when I first used to do events. But yeah. Well, you don't get starstruck anymore? Not really. That's wow. crazy. That's crazy. Wait, 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 wait. So in the past, who was your biggest like the starstruck moment? Like, are you allowed to tell us? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think <laughs> there are there were a lot of moments. Uh, I mean, a lot of people that I've uh, was fortunate enough to meet and see and perform. I think um, one of the biggest moments for me was actually recently. Um, I was just doing Grammys out in LA. And there was, they're just doing this whole hip hop uh, scene right now, hip hop uh, history. So they, all of the hip hop artists from the seventies through the two thousands performed on Mm -hmm. stage. And I was able to witness that and being able to witness that and, you know, in a group of people in a group of talent that defined music, that created music, created genres it's it's a big moment you know it's like you're you're listening to the grandmaster flash on spotify (laughs) in person and you're like wow you know (laughs) and you get to see all these people on one stage on run dmc you know ll cool j um and the other person that i really wanted to see a big moment for me was seeing willie nelson country artist back in the day 60s Mm -hmm. 70s um seeing him perform God, that is like, that just made it for me. Um, you know, there were a lot of country artists that I wanted to see and I got to see them, you know. That's and crazy. we're talking about old country artists. You're so humble talking about these things. I'd be like on a banner. I saw these Bro, people. <laughs> you can tell how different we are. I'd be like meeting like fake, not even, not even famous pastors, like pastors on like Power Vision TV. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Those are my Star Trek moments. And you're out here meeting like No, we were, we were watching the, the hip hop performance at home and we were screaming and jumping Yo, on the couch. My here. mom, I don't even know if she's hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but my mom saw LL Cool J. Yo, she lost it. <laughs> I thought she was about to faint. And like imagine she saw her him in real life. I think she would legit be in the hospital or something. And That's there crazy. are so many and there's so many people that you would think, oh, they give an attitude or they're different in the industry. Um, 100%, like, there's so many pressures of, you know, um, doing these shows and doing these mm-hmm. events. A lot of people are burnt out. A lot of some people, um, it's really difficult to be at those events and to show, you know, a entertainment when a lot of people are going through a lot of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are people going through uh trouble with their health or with their family it's and i'm talking about people who are working as well um and it can be very difficult to be out on the road and say hey i have to do this event i have to get away from family i can't i can't talk to you and to be absent it's very it's very hard mm-hmm. you know it, it can be very hard but these those little moments of meeting somebody or talking with somebody or talking with the talent that you always wanted to see kind of takes you back and you're like, wow, I really like this job. I really like what I'm doing. Um, 
and sometimes it's it's just talking to your loved one and being like i want to be home yeah. and it's great to be home what has kind of like helped you keep your passion lit in this industry because like you said it's so easy to get burnt out and tired of everything that you're experiencing and all the hardship that you have to face so how do you stay passionate about that I think personally for me was just um, learning about new cultures and uh, traveling to places and technology. Um, being able to have creativity. Um, I love to create new technology and new services in the technology world. So that for me, being restricted was not something that I could sign up for. So in the world that I'm in right now, I'm able to create new technology without any limitations. I am super free in creating what I want to and implementing it for certain events, uh, big time events. And I'm just like, you guys are trusting me with this? And I myself wouldn't even trust myself. Um, But yeah, it's just having that creativity. It's just, and traveling is one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest uh, learning experience for me. I think travel, it's so easy to say like, hey, you want to travel, but what kind of travel do you want to do? Do you want to do vacations or do you want to really travel? Um, Vacations and traveling, you know, are two different things. Mm. Um, Being able to travel and learn new cultures, trying new food, uh, getting out of your comfort zone, not having a car, not having a taxi, being able to be walking in the middle of the night back to your hotel or to a restaurant that you want to try out those are all these experiences um, that you just have to give yourself to um, even trying sometimes even i have experiences where i almost got arrested by you know <laughs> like military by police police force by like people that don't even speak english and those are the experiences you look back. Sometimes I forget. I forget all these experiences have happened until I look at the photos or sometimes people start talking about it like, oh my God, that really happened. We almost got arrested. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> all those moments are just like, you know, you think about it and you're like, that's what travel is all about. You know, it's not about- Getting arrested? <laughs> <laughs> it is- yeah, those are just part of the experiences. Like making memories. Making memories. It's things that you. <laughs> and those. Come- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's he's not- fine. He's not in jail, y'all. He's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, um, it has not happened yet, but I think that there's a lot of creativity in everything that we do. Um, you know, in all of our fields that we do from. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I never got to realize until I started getting into these events is like being behind the scenes all the time was great. You know, being able to produce events was great, but being able to recognize what everybody does in all these different events from talking about, uh, security to medical people on standby to volunteers, just holding up signs or even other people just being friendly, um, Everybody had a ro- has a role in these events, right? So you get to see all these different aspects and you're like, wow, it takes a village to produce an event. And yes, it only lasts three hours, four hours. It might just last even one hour, but it takes months and years of preparation just to come to that moment and to that you know hour and being able to produce this. And you're just so, you take a step back and you see how everybody has a role. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be get creative with it. So I always thought, like, for instance, uh, I know a lot of you are in the medical field. Um, so being in the medical field, like, you can be stuck in a hospital, right? But there's nothing wrong with that. But there are people out there at events where there are medical people on standby. You know, they mm-hmm. volunteer their time or they are assigned to it. And they just love that, um, being around that. Mm-hmm. Um, even at Olympics, like major events, um, there are medical people on standby and you get to see them and you're like, wow, there are people who actually get hurt and they get, you know, they save them or whatever it is. We've, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff. 
where people do faint, people do have accidents, and there are people out there that are trained to treat them. Um, or even if people are lost, you know how many times like people who don't speak <laughs> the same language just come up to volunteers and they ask, hey, where do I go? Yeah. And they're able to translate for you and they're able to point you to the right direction. And you have no idea how much that means for a person who's been traveling, you know, God knows, 24 to 36 hours. And just somebody to point a direction saying that's the way makes a huge difference. That's it, everybody. We're going and pointing the way for people at the Olympics. Yeah. Guys, BRB, I'm, I'm on medical standby. <laughs> medical. We're all applying for that job. Joel sees all of us at the Olympics. It'd be great to see you all. We're like doing CPR for everybody. We're like doing CPR. Hey, Joel, how are you? And that's the thing. There's you could actually sign up for it to be a volunteer at the Olympics. That's coming out in LA in 2028. So no way. I just had a quick question. Like you said, like this career is we don't see it often in the brown community. And uh, we we're just wondering, like, were your parents supportive about you jumping into this career or like, has their mind mindset changed as you they've seen your success and everything? Um, well, it's kind of um, they feel indifferent, um, mm -hmm. you know, in what I do and, you know, where I am a lot of times, um, because yeah. I've always said when I was younger, I wanted to go into the movies i always wanted to go into the cinemas um and it's something that my parents did not see growing up um you know cinema that we that they knew growing up was the bollywood world um so and seeing the hollywood world as well it is like you mentioned before it can be cutthroat mm -hmm. but until you get into that world and start making that community and start putting that effort in to know where you like to direct yourself um you choose your own path you know um with my parents i don't to say bluntly um sometimes i don't care what they want for me um it's about what i want for myself because at the end of the day i have to live with my choices and with my decision mm -hmm. for the next five years ten years or how many ever years i want to be in this field um and it's, it's hard to tell them the reality of it because you're living your reality every single day. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're getting up and you're going to uh, a career that you hate um, because somebody else told you so, I think that's like a reality check. But it's something that you love uh, to do every single day. You're getting up and sometimes it can be difficult. It's not going to be all rainbows yeah. and glitters all the time. You know, even even with my job as well, like I love it. But there are times when like last year was really difficult for me um, yeah. health wise. It was just super challenging for me getting up every day and telling myself, like, Joel, you have to work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you have to be attentive. You have to be sharp. Um, it, it can be very difficult. Right. Um, we all go through certain challenges along the way. And you, you have to learn. You have to learn to be patient you have to be learned to talk with family and I think yeah. it's one of the biggest right now as I'm growing up and being away from home one thing that I always come back to is my family yeah um, and it's what I want no matter how many friends that or co-workers that I deal with every time I come back and it goes uh, um, it goes across the board with our co-workers as well um, they love coming back to their family so what do I do when I first come back I see my parents, then I go visit my cousins um, and my little cousins as well. And they just make the world for me. Like within the first two to three days, anytime I come back, I always visit family. And it just makes you feel like at home. Yeah. Um, and no matter where you go, that just makes me feel like home. And you start to treasure those little moments, you know? Yeah. It's like a reminder to like that your family is really your foundation because if you don't have that, because even like the way you're explaining it, it seems like when you're traveling and you're on these like three to two months, two to three months of like work, it's like you kind of really don't have a break to like just sit there and be like, okay, I need a mental, like I need a mental health day where I'm just like thinking about myself. It's like, no, you don't have that. It's like, you need to get up and go to work. 
because it's not like you can take off like the events are going to happen either you're there or you're not so you have to go there so it's like nice to have there to come home and like still have that relationship with your parents because I feel like sometimes it is hard to like be traveling for so long and so often and still have those relationships as strong as they are you know so it's like nice to like hear that you come home and like your parents and your families is your foundation of like where you're gonna keep your like sanity and I and I think it's like important to like find somebody to be honest with about how you're feeling because if you like just bottle it up and like you're just sitting there alone and like going through all of this by yourself like it's just gonna cause so much more resentment and bitterness and like hurting yourself more than helping yourself um so it's really great that you can go come home and find your family and find like peace and sanity with them yeah absolutely I think um I know mental health has been a huge subject in the past uh, couple of years um I think it is something that's not talked about in our industry and in a lot of industries um especially I know in the medical industry as well it's suffering a lot of people are suffering in the the education industry it's people are suffering um it's not easy for anybody right um Mm -hmm. being especially being in New York where it is um, so fast. Everything is fast-paced. Um, and you just don't know when to stop. You don't know how to stop at times. Like that's where I have a tr- I have so much trouble coming from New York, from East Coast and working in the West Coast because things or down South or working in Europe because people are just on a totally different time schedule than you are. You just, you're just more attentive. You're just more... Um, not that East Coast people are better, but it's just more where you're constantly running for no reason. Like I've caught myself like walking so fast for no reason. I don't <laughs> even know why I'm walking fast. We all do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you you just kind of take that example and to be like, why am I going so fast in my life? And just taking a step back to be like, all right, I do need to talk to the people that I love the most that just, or even just being quiet just having your own space just to think for yourself and to just ground yourself it is so difficult to do that at times but yeah it's it should be done yeah that's so true all right guys we have reached that time we're gonna do another hannah segment today with the one and only joel abraham also known as joel's wasteland on instagram (laughs) Um, (laughs) like don't say that (laughs) wait is that not his instagram handle anymore it is (laughs) it's been my aol screen name since god knows (laughs) what So, as you guys heard, Joel goes to all these cool places we all want to be and (laughs) experiences a lot of different things. So, we're just going to have a little behind-the-scenes moment and ask him what actually goes on at these events. Are you ready? I'm I'm actually so excited to know what happens at these events. Same. I want to be there so bad, and I'm so jealous. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) All right. First one we got the Met Gala what actually goes on here because and to piggyback do these people sit down and what they're wearing because what happened no one actually knows what goes on (laughs) at the Met Gala like no one knows so pretty much it's a night of event charities and concerts and all these different types of events and um yeah it's nothing you know it's nothing people actually eat People do actually eat. Okay. That's, okay. Is, is the food good? Food <laughs> is good, but a lot of times it's just at the end of the day, a lot of people want to uh, just go home because it's either so late by the time they start eating dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do they change their outfits from what they wear on the carpet and what they wear inside? No, not at all. It's How? Kind of, so yeah. you're telling me Katy Perry... Or was it Katy Perry that wore that hamburger? She actually wore that You're hamburger. You're telling me Kim yeah. Kardashian ate with the mask on. Yeah. So oh, they, so, so yes, it can be ridiculous at times with certain people wearing certain things. But yeah, I think 
a lot of times we are still taking photographs while they're still in there, right? So they still have mm. to have that same outfit on. Um, and secondly, a lot of times they're dressed by the fashion uh, designers and a group of people. So it's hard to remove a lot of things that they wear or that they have. You know, is it the Mecca that they had that iconic bathroom moment where they're all in there? Have we ever gotten I'm... a sneak sneak peek into what goes on in there? No, no. What, no. what? what are you guys talking about? What is the bathroom moment? You don't know that? They like all the celebrities like go to the bathroom and like they just chill out in the bathroom. Chill out. Chill well, out meaning doing drugs. Imagine <laughs> what? Imagine Joel just like <laughs> popping in there. It's like in the middle. Yeah, so there's this one time, I think it was last, uh, it was either the last Met Gala or two Met Galas ago. Um, I was just, it was towards the end, and I was just using the uh, restroom and was just getting out. And I, it was probably like 12 a.m. around that time. And I go straight, I'm not even looking, and I bump into Rihanna. And oh. I don't even realize, like, this is, you know, whoever it is. I previously just apologize. I'm like, I'm really sorry. And we just look at each other. We're just like, we apologize to each other and that's it. I'm just going, I'm like, why does this these hour these things have to happen? You know? <laughs> but yeah, you have those like moments and you're like, okay. I would have sang to her. Okay, if you sang to Rihanna, no. Okay. Next, next, <laughs> next. So the award shows. What actually are people actually enjoying what goes on? at these award shows, what happens like behind the scenes? Did Will Smith really smack Chris Rock oh, yes. in the face? Were you there for that? Yes, so I was not oh. inside the show, but um, I was inside, I was within the vicinity. Yes, it was a huge shock when that did happen. Um, so I was in the editor's room. So pretty much the auditorium is like a couple of steps away. Um, I was watching, we get the production feed in the editor's room. A lot of other people had the cable feed. So I was watching it. Everybody was looking at their computers. Nobody was paying attention. Slap happened. And then I just, uh, I was initially confused. I was like, what just happened? And then we all, like the room, I started hearing other people in other rooms start to go, what just happened? What just happened? Um, it was a shock. To everybody we all thought it was part of the act but when we heard the production audio that came through our room which was you know why did this happen like we start to hear the director talk through as well or just like something just went off the script when something goes off the script especially for a big event like oscars yeah there is something <laughs> going on so during commercial break um you know, after that segment ended, we went to commercial break and then, you know, seeing what happened and we are all just witnessing, all talking about, okay, what just happened? Is this part of a skit or is this part of a real thing? It's just like, no, it's part of a real thing. So seeing the production feed, which I can't talk about as much, we start to realize, okay, this is part of something real that just happened. We all went out, there are a couple of actors who are doing interviews um in the press room and they're just getting calls from their talent and from their um sorry from their agent they're like this just happened don't talk about this blah 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 whatever it was um yeah it was definitely surprising um, a lot of moments happen where you kind of especially in our world in the photography world you just have to be there to capture um and those are the moments that really are iconic moments that you'll remember forever there's going to be like a glass thing around the stage. I feel like that's crazy. So we're going to do one more. We're going to talk about the World Cup and how that experience goes for you. Did you see Jungkook perform live? <laughs> Who the heck is Jungkook? BTS. Gosh, Sharon. So I've seen BTS perform a couple of times. Um Sharon oh, is so jealous. Yeah, they're great. I think they're uh, any Asian groups are amazing in production. Have they're you ever crazy. heard of NDIA? Heard <laughs> them as well. It's been a long time. The best Asian group out there. <laughs> a bit, a bit old school. Oh, oh 
Yeah. You didn't see the McDonald's Gospel Awards? Oh, I they did. were there. I did. I remember tuning in, <laughs> recording it. No way. So how was that? How was that really a lot of pressure to like, because the World Cup, you know, like millions and billions of people are tuning in. So and it's like multiple days you have to produce yeah. like and put out content, right? Yeah. World Cup and Olympics is really difficult. Great. Summer Olympics, especially. Um, mm -hmm. These events are back to back. Um, every day there's events happening. Um, you hardly get any sleep. Um, it's sometimes it's from you get up at 5 a.m., uh, especially with the World Cup, just to give you guys a, a bit of a background. We have a group stage that goes on in the beginning of World Cup. Um, so it's four matches that goes on. In Qatar this year, it was a lot easier because it was only in Qatar. Um, so a lot of the stadiums are driving distance. In other World Cups where you have, um, they're in different regions, people have to fly after each game. Or, wow. um, yeah, so it was a lot of, it was, there's a lot of difficulties behind it. For, with Qatar, even though it was easy being in one region, it was very difficult to cover four games per day. So your day starts at 5 a.m. and it ends at probably 2 a.m. So you come back, you get two or three hours of sleep, even if you do get good sleep, and you're just up and running again the next day. So no you're doing way. for how many ever days until group stage finishes. And by the time group stage finishes, um, you do get a one or two day break. But even then, you're just, it's not enough. Exhausting. Yeah. You're just on autopilot that mode. It's so crazy. I would think like working in this industry is kind of like a luxury, like going to these cool events and stuff. But, like hearing you talk about, it's, it doesn't seem fun at all. Hard work. <laughs> yeah. I would kill someone if they try waking me up at 5 a.m. if I went to sleep at 2. I'd be like, talk to me once and I'll legit murder. And imagine doing that for 60 days straight without mm -hmm. breaking. Yeah. You know. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little more insight of what you do and what your life looks like and also just really motivating us. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you all for just inviting me. I've never talked about myself this long or <laughs> about myself at all. It Listen, feels I've never heard someone talk about themselves and be so humble. No, no honestly. for real. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Um, we see you and we love all of you guys. Um, if you guys are not caught up to date yet, go listen to us on all your streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube. Um, if you need another one, let me know and I'll add it for you. Um, <laughs> follow us on Insta. And if you want to ask us questions or talk to us, um, we have a link in our bio where you can ask us questions or tell us topics anonymously, or you can chat through to us in our DMs. Um, we love to chat. We love to talk. Come talk to us. We love you guys. Um, thank you for listening again. God bless. Jesus loves you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you all. Thank you.